Disclosure, it's episode two, but I gotta tell you, not walking, just taking a casual bike ride. Why? Well, I, um, I've been running a lot while I've been in quarantine and I ah, injured my knee a little bit. No big deal. I think it's just from excessive, uh, usage. And of course, in my history, I have a tendency to push things a little bit too far, but gotten better at it over the time. Maybe we'll make that for another episode. So, Today's uh, episode, the second episode that I wanted to go through today with you was kind of telling you about the the moment that I switched from a person that had never really historically dieted or exercised to a person that, that did. In the first episode, I talked to you a little bit about kind of why I've gotten to the position that I was in, why I gained all the weight, why I got so big, but we never really got into um, uh, the, the the next phase, the moment that I realized, oh God, I've got I've to lose some weight. And, you know, I think one of the things with, with myself growing up is, I don't know if I necessarily had body image issues, which, which we talked about in the last episode. I don't, I don't think it was a, a, a body issues type of thing is as much as what I think what you hear a lot in situations where people are uh, trying to lose weight, but I certainly never liked my body. I never had uh, an athletic looking body. I was either really skinny or what sometimes people refer to as like a, like a skinny fat kind of like a, a type of a thing. But, um, um, yeah, I just, I was just never impressed with my body. Was never the person that wouldn't take my shirt off at the pool or, or at the beach or something like this. I just kind of accepted who I was. But it was, once I was outside of college, I think it was, I think it was my mom or someone like that that had made a comment about how big I had gotten. And it had only been a year or two after my dad had had his heart attack. And um, so I knew I had to make a, a concerted effort to begin to lose weight, uh, because I was moving into an unhealthy level and it was to a point where, uh, close people in my life had said they had noticed. And so, um, I, I did what most people do and you go join a gym because if you're like how I was growing up. Yeah, diet was a thing. But if you just went to the gym, if you just worked out, you just lose the weight. Like, that's it. You just go to the gym, go for like an hour a day, lift some weights, run on a treadmill, and boom, you just lose the weight. When we just spent an entire episode talking about how it's just not, it's just not true. Um, and there's real mathematics that goes to it. And I think that's what I kind of want to talk about is the story of my discovery of how calories work and the realization that, holy shit, I, I've been eating way too many calories and 
I can't believe I'm not bigger than I actually am. So we're going to go into that on this episode. I knew that I needed to join a gym, and this is back in 2002 uh, that I had received. Uh, back in 2002, I went to join a gym. And, yeah, there were a bunch of gyms that you could go join, not nearly as many as you can go do today. It was – and. Really, the main gym that you would go to would be Bally's. Bally's was the biggest beast that was out there. And if you forget, uh, Bally's was, like, notorious for crushing people on these, like, three-year contracts. And I was one of them. Walked into the gym, and, you know, they've got a great system in place. The most attractive woman comes and grabs you and puts you in a room and flirts with you a little bit and tells you... uh, Oh, you're you're a big guy. Wow, it wouldn't take much work for you to put you right into shape, and I'd be your personal trainer. And you know, before you know it, you're signing a three-year contract, and it doesn't seem like a lot because it's fifty-five bucks a month, and included in that is like twenty workout sessions and like a a, a nutritionist meeting that you get, and, uh, and so it just feels like you get a lot of a lot of value. What I didn't realize that I signed, and maybe you guys don't even know this to this, to this day, is if you guys ever signed up with Bally's on a three-year contract, you actually signed for a loan that was at 18%. It was a $1,500 loan. It was a closed-ended loan, which means it was like getting a car loan. So the interest was already like set in the monthly payment. So when you're done paying it back, you pay back like 1800 bucks on a $1,500 loan, and they just don't tell you that up front. So they actually go, they run your credit, and my gym membership showed up on my credit. <laughs> so that's why it made it impossible to cancel. You essentially said, here's 1500 bucks for three years. The deal is, is that whether you knew it or not, Bally's put you on a loan. They loaned you money to pay for three years at 55 bucks a month. And it created this, this divide that just really made the, the entry point of going to a gym awful. So why would I, why would I want to go to a gym if I knew I had to lock myself into a three-year commitment? Now, I was a sucker and I got in and that's fine. And for as much as I complain, I, I paid it off in the whole nine yards. I realized the damage that I did there is a moment. The reason why I go through and kind of go through this process, I'm hoping you went through or have gone through something similar like this where you're like, okay, if I pay for it, I'm going to use it. Uh, no, not, not true. Not true. Uh, clearly for me, a pain point is not money. I'll pay for things and not use them. I'll throw stuff away. I'll forget things. I'm very wasteful and I'm not, not efficient whatsoever with, uh, with how I spend my, with how I spend my money. So the pain point isn't there. The pain point is, is elsewhere. And maybe we'll get into that at, at some other time. But <laughs> so there I am. I'm a member of Bally's. This is 2002. And you get to go and get some free consultation. And one is with a nutritionist. And this single meeting that I had was the thing that transitioned me from 
a person that didn't know or understand a lot to a person that began the fundamentals, the true basis of what this was all about, the mathematics of weight loss. And I think it's so important to understand that this whole game of weight loss is math. And it's really basic math. You can throw away all the other bullshit as someone that has gained and lost this weight now for a fifth time. It never changes. Now, maintenance, that's a that's a story that is has to do with math and the whole nine yards as well. But I'm telling you that if you want to lose weight, you gotta burn more calories than you take in. And in this first meeting that I had with ballots, they have you blow into this tube. It's almost like a breathalyzer kind of a tube for, for lack of better terms. You breathe into this tube and it spits back numbers and it says your resting metabolic rate. So in other words, before you've eaten any food, before you've drank any coffee, before you've done any kind of exercise, when you're on a completely empty stomach, what's the bare minimum while you're awake that your body will burn over the course of a day? And this machine determined back in 2002, so 18 years ago, that for me, there's about 1,700 calories a day. Whoa. Okay. Now keep in mind, I casually looked at labels of things in the past of what a calorie is and knew that it was some sort of measurement of how to deal with weight loss gain, whatever you want to call it. But it had never applied to me. I think there's something that happens as a human where you're under the impression that you're different from everybody else. Uh, maybe your metabolism like burns at a much higher level. So if you've ever counted the amount of calories that you take in during the day, if that number has been like 4,000 calories, you're like, well, obviously the 2,000 calorie a day rule doesn't apply to me. Well, newsflash, if you are not a super active athletic person on a daily basis that's like actively training for stuff, 4,000 calories a day is too much. And I don't know how big or small you are. 4,000 calories a day is too much. It's too much. Um, it's too much. There. I'm not an expert, not a doctor. I'll say that many times. It's, it's, it's too much. Okay. So I'm told 1,700 calories a day, and that's my resting metabolic rate. So that's without any movement. So that's like if I didn't go to work that day, if all I did was just like lay in bed and watch TV, 1,700 calories. So the nutrition right at that point goes, look, if you eat 1,700 calories today and you do nothing today, you will not gain or lose any weight. That was the first time that I had heard a stuff like that personalized to me. And just so you know, that was a huge moment. I didn't realize how big a moment it was at the time because if you're also like me that have tried to lose weight or start a, a regimen of exercise or something, um, you receive information and it's not always a knowing issue. I didn't begin to implement any of this information for another year, just so you know. But in 2002, 
I learned what my resting metabolic rate was. Also in 2002, I was like 23 or 24 years old. So my resting metabolic rate has probably gone down a little bit over the years, but I've always used 1700 is like my number. Okay. So that being said, if that's my base number, they said, if you want to lose weight, don't eat any more than 1,700 calories every day. And it is a guarantee that you will begin to lose weight. And what they meant by that is, look, even if I didn't even go exercise, I'm going to immediately cause a deficit when I go to work just by getting up, going to my car, driving to the office, getting up, going to the office, and the mundane getting up and walking around stuff. Certainly did not have an active uh, job thing, but the act of eating, the act of digesting, um, those are all things that are going to burn a couple of hundred calories during the, during the day. So basically, eat 1,700 or less calories a day, and you lose weight. Again, received this information in 2002, didn't apply it until 2003. So you might be receiving all this information as you're listening to this podcast and you've never done anything with the information and you're just hoping that by listening to a podcast, you'll lose weight or get in shape by osmosis. That's, that's, not, that's not true. That's, that's not what's going to happen. But, man, here we are. By the way, I tried to do episode two yesterday and it began to rain and thunder and now, if you can't hear it already, it's thundering in the background again. Okay. Receive this information. 1,700 calories a day. Then, also in that same meeting, they connected me with my trainer. The trainer showed me how to use a treadmill. I know that sounds super ridiculous, like real dumb. But up until that point, I used to get on a treadmill. I used to pick a speed. I used to run at that speed. I didn't used to put in any of my information as far as my age, height, weight, any of that crap. I didn't care. There was a heart rate monitor on there. I didn't know how any of that crap worked. But the trainer at that point taught me something really interesting. And they said, when you're working out, if your goal is to lose fat, keep your heart rate in like the upper 120s, lower 130s. Now keep in mind, this is my early 20s that I'm getting this information. So that number has dropped over the years. So keep that in mind as I say that to you. There's a chart out there if you wanna go Google it and go find it. But that's ideal for fat loss. You can burn fat when your heart rate is at a lower rate. When you raise your heart rate above that, when you go into the 130s, 140s, it becomes cardiovascular. And you burn more calories that way, but you are working out the, from what I understand, the, the muscles of your, of your body. You're fatiguing different parts of your body, so it's not necessarily targeting fat loss. I'll cut to the chase and just tell you 
this information was really helpful in the fact that when I put my hand on the sensors on the uh, elliptical or on the bicycle or on the treadmill, I realized what was so difficult for me to work out up to that moment. Because I was constantly working at a frenetic pace because I thought working out was like going fast or going hard or going uphill. Well, you can't go at that rate for very long. And when you measure your heart rate and a professional tells you that, hey, just keep it around like 130, 135. Oh, well, you've elevated your heart rate, you're burning calories, which will ultimately burn fat if you're working in a calorie deficit. Oh, well, now I understand why people can go for an hour or two hours. Now the problem is boredom. Crap. Now I'm not working hard. I'm just literally standing what feels like on this treadmill. You don't have to walk very fast or put yourself on, very, on much of an incline to begin to burn calories. And so you learn, oh, I can, my body can handle this. My lungs can handle this. I can sustain this. The problem is you get bored. So if you're working out on a machine and you're not going anywhere, it's super easy to just hit stop, hop off the machine, and go home. Which is why I am a huge proponent of when doing any kind of like cardio work, which is running, bicycling, uh, that kind of stuff. Do it outside and go as far away from your house as possible so that you have to come back. So if you're 10 minutes out on a bike and it takes you, you know, uh, if it takes you, you know, a mile or two away from the house, you're going to have to come back. And if you're impatient like me, you're going to do it at probably the speed that you took it out there and come back. So it's just a little tip or hint. Now, a lot of these machines today have entertainment built right into the machines. You bring some headphones, you pair up the Bluetooth. What I've certainly done, what I've done, uh, any kind of exercise that's like super mundane, like sitting on a stationary bike, it doesn't really engage me, but I just know I'm burning calories. I would bring my iPad and just turn on Netflix. I would download it so I didn't have to worry about Wi-Fi signal or anything like this. I would just download something from Netflix, preferably something that's like high action, high engagement, not really full of thought for me. You know, whatever it is for you, you got to test it. And in 30 minutes, my workout was done. So, super helpful. But that's only a lesson that I've learned most recently. Up to this point, I just couldn't uh, work out on a regular basis and stay engaged with it. Because if, if you're like me, if you don't see results, like, immediately, and when I mean immediately, I mean, like, went to the gym today, looked in the mirror tomorrow, I didn't see a difference. I was already discouraged. I was in a lot of pain, but I was already discouraged. Or maybe this happened. You went to the gym for like a month, like amazing. You went to the gym for like a month. You went like three times a week and you just got stronger. Like you could lift more and more weight, but after a month you like plateaued and you didn't get any stronger. And so you went from like doubling what you could lift to, uh, to not, <laughs> to maybe even possibly doing 
less weight because the fatigue gets to you. So now you don't see a noticeable change in your body and uh, you're, you're also not making kind of progress in speed or strength or things like this. I'm just telling you, if it's happened to you, it's happened to, it's happened to all of us. And I haven't even begun to start to tell you about the journey of the first time I lost a significant amount of weight. I'm just trying to stage for you to understand that, hey, man, like, I've been there. And if you know me personally, you've watched me probably at some point or another gain and lose a significant amount of weight because I've done it over the last 18 years. Again, this is my fifth time. And again, the reason why I'm doing the podcast this time around is, hey, uh, podcasting wasn't really a thing the, the, the first couple of times that I uh, did this. I, I journaled a couple of times. I did a blog a couple of times. This may feed around, too. But what feels different this time around is I've been able to keep most of the weight off for over a year and a half. And when I've injured myself, when I've gotten sick, when I've fallen off the wagon and let the diet go a little bit, I've been able to recover multiple times, get back on it, lose the weight that I've gained, and continue losing weight. This is significantly different than anything that I've ever done in the other four times that I lost the weight. The other four times that I lost the weight, I lost it in a very short period of time, typically within a few months. And then once I hit a finish line, and we'll talk about what those finish lines look like too, boy, the weight didn't just come back, it came back fiercely and then some. And God, there's nothing more discouraging on this planet Earth than going through the work of losing a boatload of weight gaining it back and then going above and beyond what your original starting point was the first time that you lost the weight. So I was just getting into the, uh, just getting into the heartache of how awful it is to lose all the weight. And I think, I think this is something you can identify with, even if you lost five pounds and you see that five pounds come back, it's disheartening. You feel like this is impossible, like you can't do it. And I've been through that scenario, the five pounds, the 10 pounds. God, I've been through that scenario just in the last two years, just in the last two years of going through this whole struggle, the five pound loss, five or six pounds gained. I could probably go look at all the data, but I've probably gone through that mental struggle a hundred times over the last two years. There's only 700 days over that two year period. And I've been through that struggle probably a hundred times. Mentally it's taxing. Uh, And maybe, maybe I'll end or begin to talk about data because I think, we, we talked about me going to Bally's, receiving this information. Yeah, I went to the gym a couple of times. Yeah, I went in the morning. 
But at the end of the day, I didn't stick to any kind of a, a workout or, or fitness plan. I fell off of it, but that number of 1,700 stuck in my head. And it's just important for you to understand what that means. You're going to receive information, and you're going to lock it away. One thing that they asked me to do was to write down everything that I ate in a day and to track those calories. Now, at the time, there really weren't a lot of websites that would help you do that. So unless I was eating something processed or packaged, I couldn't really track my calories. And restaurants at the time didn't have any kind of tracking. Now it's all there. There are apps to do it. Uh, my fitness pal is probably the best application. What I could guesstimate before I really started to get into the weight loss in 2003, once I started to write down what I was eating, guys, I was eating 6,000 calories a day. I was 243 pounds, 20, uh, God, what was I? I was 24, 25 years old. And I didn't know shit. All I knew was I was eating 6,000 calories a day. How do you eat 6,000 calories a day? Really simple. You have leftovers from the night before. Typically for me, it was pizza. So I would bring a couple of those pieces of pizza to the office for my lunch. What I would do is on the way into the office, I'd get hungry. So I would eat that pizza on the way into the office. Now, a lot of times going to the office, I was late. So one of the things that I would do to kind of make up for it to act like the reason why I was late is I would go to Dunkin' Donuts, get a dozen donuts, bring those to the office for everybody to pick at. So it was worth the seven bucks for a dozen or for, you know, a dozen donuts to make up for it. I'd eat a couple of those. Go ahead and look up what the calorie count is on donuts. So here I am. I've essentially eaten all of the calories that I should have eaten the entire day before I've even sat down at my desk to begin working. Now at my desk, imagine I, I, my office was right next door to a dollar store. I had these bags of pretzels for a dollar. Those Snyder's bags, like the family size bag. It would take me two days, sometimes three, to get through a bag of one of those. Go look at the calorie count on that. Lunchtime would come around. Usually I would go to McDonald's, Taco Bell, KFC, or my favorite, La Granja, which was, sounded healthy because it was grilled chicken, rice, beans, and the sauce. But here's the thing. There's a lot of calories in rice and beans and chicken when you eat it in the quantity that I used to eat it. Keep in mind I was washing all this down with full-bodied Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, that I had on the regular at my desk or in the fridge, and I would probably go through three to five of those in the course of a day. Then for dinner, pick up a pizza on the way home, or maybe put a tombstone in the oven. And then at night, I was a Costco member, and I loved Chex Mix and Cheez-Its and popcorn. And I put all those down and washed my evening away on general with somewhere between 6 to 12 beers a day. This was a daily effect. Very rarely did I not go through this pattern. Maybe I didn't have, bring my lunch with me, so I shaved off 
seven or 800 calories in the morning. So think on that before we go into episode three. I appreciate you coming out and taking a walk with me. And in this case, riding your bike with me or whatever you decided to do. I'm Casey Casperson. We'll talk to you again soon. Walk with me.